another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Tony. Take that, take that, take that talent, T. Taylor. I know. Listen, you know it's a rough day when you're messing up your own name. But listen, it's, what is it, 81 degrees here in South Florida? It's about 10.30 at night. Just a little bit before. We have a beautiful, I got some beautiful show for you today. Because... What you get to bear witness to is a special, I guess, part two championship edition of the Mighty of the Mighty Sports Podcast. But like I said, it's also a special podcast. Period. Now, today is June twenty seventh. By the way, it's the last week in June. This is right before. I just let that be. <laughs> this is right before Fourth of July weekend. So what's gonna happen is that. We're going to give you a small recap of this year's champs. We're going to prepare we prepare for the offseason. As one league prepares for an offseason, and another league is in the end of their offseason. We're basically going to do the same thing here. We're going to take our mid-season break, or off-season break, as you may say. It's not going to be nothing much. Take a take off for a couple of weeks. We're gonna get back to you right after my birthday bash that's coming up the weekend of July 17th. July 17th is actually my birthday. At so listen, only only a bunch of people, only a people that, that know me is gonna know what is that. This is at British Dance House, right? So this is gonna be at British Dance House. As usual, this is collaborated with my dear friend and buddy, my brother from another mother. Going on for easily a decade, for easily almost a decade and a half now. I've known this kid since I was in the army. DJ Scepter. Collaborating birthdays, because our birthdays run in the same 24 hour time period. And we're gonna have a guest appearance by DJ Zaw. So, don't worry, we'll still be around for you. I'll listen, ladies, mainly for you. <laughs> and, you know, because basically we're going to take this time out also to make sure we get the fantasy football women's league started. Get it up, get it flowing, get everything gathered for you gals. Also get my fantasy football league, but nobody cares about my fantasy football league. But we want to get you gals up and running and up and, and started. So that's also what's going to go on during, get, during this break. I'm going to take me a couple of personal days, you know, make sure I get myself right, you know, for a big push, you know, for the beginning of the season and all, all this next sports season. So, you know what I say, regardless of the time and regardless of the weather, that's the first. Let's start talking. So... Nah, we even gonna give you one of those. Really, let's start talking. Because we, we've warmed you up as much as you can, as one can possibly warm up. Like, if you want, if you ain't buttered up by now, if you ain't lathered up, if you, if you ain't sitting in the seat now thinking, okay, I'm, I'm cozy now. Like, that was the intro of, of all intros. Like, that wasn't like a Prince intro. That wasn't like a WWE intro. That was just, just, just me giving you raw grit. You know, just, just spit on the mic for you. But this is what I'm, this is what we gonna do here. So... As I said, this is a very, very special championship edition. And I, I, I thought about how I really... Hey, 
wanted to go through this. But it, it started it started out at the beginning of the year, right? As the NCAA football now has its championship, the BCS championship series. So they go through a tournament play now of sorts, four teams. And we get to see who comes on our top. And on top of that one was Mr. Woo! Tied themselves. Alabama. As, listen, Alabama did what Alabama does, as we even mentioned when they won. Alabama is just one of them teams that we just always hear being at the top of football excellency. And they did exactly that this year, and they won themselves a national championship. But on top of that, they also produced what was the Heisman Trophy winner that year, up for this year, in Derrick Henry. Now, what has Derrick Henry done since then? I could not tell you one bit. But they produced him. Heisman Trophy winner and championship. Next on, we had the NCAA men's basketball, right? And NCAA women's basketball. And for the men's basketball team, we had. Oh man, I'm. I, <laughs> You know what I hate? I hate going going back through this because I it does make me remember the heartache that I had there, being so close with so many random picks, and then at the end, still like just being being so close, so so very close. But this year's champs, Villanueva, and. Their player of the year, which I should have gotten for you. I really didn't. So we even got to care about them. <laughs> I don't know who their player of the year is. But just like I don't know for the women's basketball, but we all know who did it for the women's basketball team. The one and only, once again, UConn's women team. That it was funny because I, I remember hearing Coach Calipari talk about, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast, Coach Calipari talking about, how first time ever in any sport that two of his um, two players from the same from the same school dropped the one or two in the draft, and I said, um, uh, Cal, you forget that UConn just put three into the WNBA, number one, number two, and number three. Just saying, like he he may want to do his. Little, I think I did mention this. But do a little bit of research before he just goes two in, two in, two in his own horn like that. Now, the one that you probably don't know about. Oh, you're probably not going to expect from me. It's hockey. So also, in the NCAA hockey tournament, where they have their, what they call it, the final, final ice. Let's see, final four, final four on ice. Something like that. But their championship went to North Dakota national champion 
then as we move on a little bit more just a just a little bit more we move into the professional portion of sports again the NHL produced and I completely skipped the NFL NFL snuck a championship in there they snuck who did they sneak in Denver Broncos and their Super Bowl MVP Vaughn Miller linebacker fast forward much much later because that would have skipped over listen that happened before all the basketball and the hockey happened now we get into hockey and hockey produced a champ in the Pittsburgh Penguins and their MVP of the finals I forgot what that trophy is called we, we talked about it within the last four podcasts so if you don't if if you can't quite remember either. It's in there somewhere, but their player, their their MVP of the of the playoffs, of the finals, of the hockey on ice versus the hockey on street was Sidney Crosby, and then we get to the most recent. The first, yes, the most recent champagne shower that we remember seeing. And that is as the Cavs win NBA championship. MVP. And <laughs> no, let me stop playing. The Cleveland Cavaliers win an NBA championship. The state of Ohio finally gets a championship after half a century. And the NBA front office, the referees. And the NBA Player Association president are the MVPs. And in all seriousness, that MVP truly went to Kyrie Irving. Should have went to Kyrie Irving. Okay, it went to LeBron James. Listen, we don't talk about LeBron James later on in the show. Because, listen, I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought I told you that we won't stop. <laughs> listen, the hate is still there. The hate is still real. Hate, 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 hate. If you ask me, if you're wondering what can I still possibly hate on at this point in time of this man's career, obviously, you have not been paying attention for the last 13 years. Because there's a lot more hate to come. But, even without that, while that may be the last champagne shower we remembered, that is not the last team that we will be calling champion this year because already before the month can even end Chile wins the Copa America American Soccer Finals Cup Series Tournament 
all of that rolled into one. But the most significant part about that whole entire tournament, well, listen, okay, let, let me not say the most significant part because Chile winning one, from what I hear and what they say, and what, what I mean by who and they, I mean the Chileans and other commentators that talk about the sport. They say it's a big deal. Anytime a you know somebody wins a championship, it's a big deal. Unless, unless, unless you're honestly, unless you're a Yankees fan. Like if you're a Yankees fan, then then winning, then winning a winning a championship is just kind of it's just it's just kind of it happens. Like it's it's just it's just one of those things. It's rudimentary. Like it, it just happens. You you expected it, it, it's it's it's. I listen. It's weird if you're not familiar with it. Like, I would assume being a Yankees fan is kind of how you feel being a Lakers fan, being a being a being a Celtics fan. Who else? I guess in football because of how scarce they are. Being a Giants fan. That's the only team in football I can think of that has multiple championships that a fan base could be proud of the way they've won it. But the most interesting part still of that final is that Messi comes out and says that he wants to retire. And it's odd that you hear when people are talking about it, that it's more like, oh, is he, was he did a battle? We hope that he comes back. And I'm not going to lie, I haven't been on the wire to see, you know what I mean, to see if how the fans are reacting. But... If LeBron James, and I'm, I, I'm even saying two-time champion LeBron James had lost this championship, and after this said, you know what, I can't take this anymore, I'm retiring. What would his backlash be? Think about that when we, as we come back from these commercial breaks. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys and head down to Multivest game and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830-183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest games. Save more, play more. And we are back. Thank you for still listening. I am your host, Talon T. Taylor. You should still be listening either on TuneIn Radio or SoundCloud. Once again, if you listen on SoundCloud, I do appreciate it because that means that you want your content as fast as possible. Which means I don't, which means, this is not to say I don't appreciate the people listening on TuneIn. I'm just saying the people listening on SoundCloud. I know that you're, you're, you're thank you. From the Lorta. <laughs> Thank you. Like, Lorta's what let's. Oh, man. That is so inside. Like, you would swear you were 50 getting a colonoscopy. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, you, you, you don't want to go there. You do not want to go there. So, because we're not going to go there, we're going to move right on. Because. As the Copa America, as I told you, finishes their championship, 
what happens now is that we get into, and in regular fashion, as I do tell you, I do have a game on in the background. I turned off earlier today what was a soccer game between England and Iceland. As Iceland advanced into the semifinals, this was a big embarrassment from Iceland, as they said from the team that from the country that gave us soccer supposedly, and how they, they got embarrassed by a team like Iceland, but it happened. So now I switched over to a much slower sport that scores at the same rate, which I, I don't get. Like this is why I guess hockey and soccer are so intriguingly interesting, because. And they're even more interesting to watch over baseball if you don't know anything about it. Because at least there's action. As Yankees are up in the bottom of the ninth, 5-4. to four. And I didn't see who they were playing. I think it's the Texans. Or is this game Or is that game over? No, I think that was the bottom of the ninth. Let's see if the Yankees can pull this, pull this game off. And then, as I said, I do have the game on in the background. It's, it's the top of the second. It's the Houston Astros playing the Los Angeles Angels. Let's see the... Who's that? I said top of, the, top of the second, right? So, Astros are up to bat. Angels at the plate. And the Astros have a runner on first. And we have a ground out to second, and there was already two outs, so that retires the top of the second inning. And yes, folks, don't get it twisted. Before the end of the summer, you should still be, um, you will get a chance to still hear me, um, come, um, do play by play for Jupiter Hammerhead game before I leave, before this summer is over. Once again, that's one of the things that I have to make sure it gets quarter and set up during that break. But listen, it's all coming, it's all coming. We're still gonna be there. He said, it's, a, it's, it's still on the, still on the heart. Still on the heart. Lorta, still on the heart. <clears throat> right? So, th with that being done, let's say the Copa America finals being done, now we have officially what's considered the NBA offseason. And the NBA offseason entails a slew of things. And bear with me as I, as I, as I give a slight little history lesson for those who may not know. And the beginning portion of it is generally the draft. That's when the hype of the beginning starts. Because the draft is the signal of hope. Which is a lot of signals for a lot of things. Is why we're given a lot of things. is different forms of hope. But let's not get into that either. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sign of hope. For your um for your team for the future, if you have a draft pick, because what happens is that you get a chance to add young potential to your team. Now what happens in the NF in the NBA we have two rounds, so each team has two picks, unless you have done something to either gain picks, like a Boston did in this draft or a Phoenix did, where both teams had about four or five picks individually, or if you've done something like the Knicks have done, and through, and through your past transaction, you have traded away this future pick, or this pick, on a future asset. So the draft is generally where things start at. Unless you're a team, like I said, the Knicks, that don't have a draft pick. 
And so what do you do? You go out and you make a blockbuster. Yes, bear with me as I run through the emotions a little bit. A blockbuster trade to get a former MVP caliber point guard in Derrick Rose. Notice I said former MVP caliber. And I'm not sure how most Knicks fans are taking this one. Because I know how Knicks fans get. Knicks fans Knicks fans always want better but never want to give up anything. Like if like Knicks fans basically wanted this trade done and wanted to be able to give up Clee Anthony early and <laughs> I'm trying to think of his name. Oh my goodness. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Name I'm, I'm searching for is just as egregious as the one I'm about to say. DJ White. Remember that guy? Chris Copeland, even. Yeah, I know we don't have him, but that's that's the guy that I was looking I was looking for that guy, Chris Dudley. That's the kind of talent we're trying to give away. There we go. We're trying to get Derrick Rose for Chris Dudley and Clee Anthony Early. So the Knicks never want to give anything, and Knicks fans are one of those people that we love our young talent. We always do, and we want to see people develop, and we love people that come in there and work for us too, and we, and we want to see people hang, hang on. But listen, so do other teams, and if we want a guy like Derrick Rose, listen, and I have been the number one guy to say that Derrick Rose has only played in about 82, listen, there was at one point in time Derrick Rose played in three games, Um, in three years he played in 82 full NBA, 82 games. In three years, he barely played. He barely put up a full season worth of games. So I'm not here preaching Derrick Rose, but I am preaching seventy percent of Derrick Rose's MVP's caliber. Because for a team that has thirty-five wins, right, thirty-two wins, whatever it was last year, ten more wins added by Derrick Rose. Make, puts us puts us in a playoff contention, and and, I, and that's what I said. Tell people about this year is that this year felt even worse because the Knicks did get better, and we were right there at the cusp. But the East got so much better this year that there was a point that we had a record that if this was the NBA of the last three years, then the Knicks would have been in the playoffs as an eight seed, at minimum, or would have had eight seed buzz for a portion of the season. But we never got that. Quickly got deflated, had to make some moves, and then pff, we're starting all over again from scratch once again with a new coach and basically eight new players again that we're going to have to sign. Nick fans, I'm excited as the next person is about, about potential trades, but as I tell you this again, you can't win anything without consistency. Boston oddly did it. And part of it was the, the amount of veterans that they had and the veteran head coach in Doc Rivers and a veteran organization backing them of winning. So just because it happened in Boston in the first year and just because it happened in Miami in the second year doesn't mean that that's something that could keep we can keep doing as Knicks or any team out there. That you can keep doing and expecting your, your franchise to win. Knicks, Jets, Mets. Like, 
this is, this is why I'm so glad I never followed the route of Nick's Jets Mets. Like I would I would be suicidal. Like like Lou, how do you do it? <laughs> oh sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad, Lou. My bad, Lou. You're a Bills fan. So your Knicks, Bills, Mets. Is that any better? Like, for the people that are listening, right, that, 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 that know anything about sports, you know, we, we're here on SoundCloud, so you can leave a little something below. Is that any better? Which, which one do you say is better? Um, Knicks, Jets, Mets? Or Knicks, Bills, Mets? I don't know. Like, I'm glad. Like, at least I'm Knicks, Yankees, Jets. Like, that works for me. Oh, man. Listen, we're not going to get sidetracked. Even though we already got sidetracked. So, the Knicks finally make a move. Make this blockbuster move. And I can honestly say that I will take a 75% Derrick Rose over any of the talent pool that, that may be out there. Because if Derrick Rose plays 66 games, you're talking about him only missing 16. Which means that for 16 games, if we can't find a way to at least go 8-8 eight and eight without Derrick Rose, then we're in more trouble than we think. Because, listen, for the first, for the very first time in a very long time, right? Because I just told you, the reason that the Knicks have no draft pick this year is because any other time in the past that we have gotten a guy like Derrick Rose, not only have we gotten him with three years left on his contract, Right? Four years left on their contract. Two years left on their contract. We've also given away three first-round picks for the next six years. Guys like Bargnani, Andre McDice, Stefan Marbury. You know what I mean? Or just did bad signings like, 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 you know what I mean? That didn't hold up like, like, like Stoudemire. But Stoudemire was, was, was also a bunch of other freakish-ish. So for the first time in a long time, I feel like the Knicks made a trade that doesn't feel like a virgin being having anal sex, you know, with a porn, with a porn, <laughs> with a porn-sized BBC. You know, for the first time, I feel like we just didn't get strapped butt naked. You know, what I mean, with clamps over a butthole and just told to run backwards through a cornfield. I'm sorry, if I, I'm sorry. I hope you're not eating at that point in time. But yes, I, 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 like, I'm glad this did not happen. And so what that does is that that takes us into now the NBA draft. Now that took us right into the NBA draft. Where now the new stock of young blood comes through the ranks. Most of these guys are going through college. Some are international. Some may have found a way to, to, to have enough college credits and get away with being eligibility. Like, like let me just put this on this because... I've had some. I've had just about enough time to think about this to finally voice this opinion, right? Because I don't know if I've voiced a, an opinion on a side before, and if I have, then this is this is me changing the side. If I've changed, if I if I've voted for it before, saying that athletes should be able to get eight, you know, and because it, it is something odd about athletes in American sports, like um, like football, like basketball, that say that you have to do. X Y Z amount of college time, where teams, when, when sports like tennis and golf don't requ- don't have the same prerequisites, it makes you wonder why one is allowed you to able to go and get you know professional at fourteen and get paid 
you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands and hundreds of dollars, you know, and the other one doesn't allow you to. But then I thought a little bit more. And then I thought about, well, you know what? Honest, to be honest with you, basketball players, football players, boo-hoo, welcome to the real world. Welcome to the real world because every single day there are people out here, right? Like, listen, there are people out here complaining that how the hell am I supposed to get being fresh out of college, six years in college, looking for an entry-level position job, and this entry-level position job requires me to have eight years of college, two years of experience. See where I'm getting at? <laughs> And two degrees. So, so I, I so I understand it's not quite the same thing. But no, listen to to get a to get a job in almost any industry, people are asking for X Y Z amount of college years or X Y Z amount of experience in the field. And the NBA is doing the same exact thing. Now you're wondering, hey, this is an athlete, this is athletics, and this is not business. But the people that are cutting are cutting your checks are business people. So this is where those lines blur. We're going to get that into a little bit more when we come back from this break. Wear fitness your way with Fitbit Alta, a slim fitness wristband that automatically tracks everything from sleep, running out the door, to going on a morning run. So you can find the motivation you need to make the most of your routine. Stay in touch with call, text, and calendar notifications. And stay on track with friendly reminders to move. SmartTrack automatically records your workouts, because when you put in the effort, you deserve the credit, and every step counts when you're working toward a goal. Compete with your friends on the leaderboard, and automatically sync your stats to your smartphone. You switch up your style with premium accessory bands. So no matter what you're wearing or where you're going, you can transform your life as much as your look. Motivation is your best accessory. Wear it with Fitbit Alta. Listen to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, Talent T. Taylor. So as we get about halfway through the show today, as we still have the game on in the background, and they're actually doing a check-in or a quick recap of the Cubs and Cincinnati game from earlier, as we see Obama flies out, yes, there goes one gone. Cubs up 4-3. This is the top of the fourth, two men on, and we see another Obama come out of there. Ah, Cubs up 8-7. Oh, wait. Okay, as, we, as we're back now to this Houston and LA game. At the top of the third. One out. Still scoreless. As Shoemaker gets ready to deliver the pitch. We have one strike so far and one out. And we are now two strikes. One out. Pitch count is up to now 46. Last pitch clocked in at 86 miles an hour. And I don't know how you bring excitement to bat to baseball. Like so like I, I don't know. It, it is so weird. So weird of a sport. 
Because even when because even when you're calling it, and, and, and I caught myself a while ago, is that you, you, you get focused in there and then you kind of revert back to those voices that you remember kind of hearing growing up. Yeah, something has to change. Somebody has to change the voices in the heads. Because until you change the voices in the heads, like, because cause I'm telling you, hockey and, and soccer has the same low-scoring games, but when you hear the action, when you hear the commentary for it, the commentary for the play-by-play sounds just so much better. Sounds and, and, and I'm talking about, it sounds even more lively than basketball games. That's the crazy part about it. So which means it tells you that it's all in the it's all in the commentating of the game, of how they've been commentating it. Like tennis, that a game that has tons of action, is also slowed down to a golf, baseball like like pace when it comes to talking about it. So, I I feel like the, the initial change with baseball is gonna have to be if, of how it's heard by the individuals. Not necessarily how it's seen, but definitely how it's heard. So we get back into this into this NBA draft, right? As, we, as we're talking about off season still, right? And we get into this NBA draft. NBA draft is is now is going to stock up the next sixty prospects, right? A bunch of people coming from overseas, but um, coming from the college ranks and finding other ways to do ooh office fingertips, the pitcher's fingertips, the pitch um. So the pitch was delivered, the ball was set right back to the pitcher, he tried to barehand it, it came on the top of his fingertips, and then the shortstop tried to get it into, into first base, and the runner was safe. That was a lot, I know. The number one pick, alright, and this draft went by a little lackluster. And we're gonna, to, I'm, I'm gonna give you a little bit more of why I said that. This draft was a little lackluster. Things went... Well, you know what? Let's just tell you how things went because that may be the easiest way. Let's tell you what I had, information I had on a couple of the top first prospects, you know, going into the first seven picks. With the first pick of the NBA draft, the Philadelphia 76ers choose six foot ten or six foot nine, depending on how they measure them out, small forward. Ben Simmons. And as much as I kept saying, and I don't, I'm, I still, I'm still not sure how Ben Simmons is number one pick if he's supposed to be as good as he is, right? Because he didn't even make the, he didn't make the, he didn't make it into the tournament, NCAA tournament, and then he did, they didn't even participate in the national, in the NIT tournament. So we never got to see him against elevated talent, the team that he had. And then I heard a point. About the team that he had, that that revalidated him being the number one pick, and it was very simple. Said that where he went wrong, and I, and I heard this by a couple of different people. I heard this by a coach. I heard this by a player. I heard it by a current coach, current player in the NBA, and a former, and 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 the rank and the person that ranks the Tom Ford guy. I think it is. What his name is. The person that ranks the college prospects. And what he said about Ben Simmons was probably the most interesting thing that, that automatically put me is that Ben Simmons had did what he could with the team that he had. Right? And and his and his biggest thing is that he was a 
he did what he did. 19 points a game, almost double-digit in rebounds, almost double-digit in assists, right? Or like six assists, maybe a little bit more, right? But definitely, but ultimately, six foot nine, six foot ten, ball handler, straight up ball handler, pure scorer. You know, can get to the rim, finish around the rim, things of that nature. As just a friendly reminder, the 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 Major League Baseball All Star Game is gonna is gonna be on July twelfth. And they said that he did, he picked the, he he went to a bad school. If he would have went to like a Kansas or a Duke or any school that would have had any kind of NBA talent outside of him, then their record and he would have looked a lot better. And then they brought up an incident that I heard about, which I, which I didn't think it was it was a negative against him. I just didn't figure out why would they do it because because that's ultimately why they, about his teammates icing him out sometimes. I'm like, why would you ice out the best player on your court? Unless your name is just LeBron James. And, and you know that he's just going to cry like a little bit. So you just want to torment him a little bit. You know what I'm like, Yeah, I went there. I went there. It's still there. It's still there. <laughs> right? So. What happens now. Is. I'm sorry. As, as I'm watching plays from the skipper. Calls from the skipper. So, what happens now is that it makes you start to think that, or or, or what happens now is that he start is they talk about him being, him being frozen out by his teammates, and and it makes me wonder why would you be why would you froze, freeze out the best player on your team? And then he explains it as as and by the guy that ranks and the coach. NBA prospects are coming now to watch LSU when they've never watched them there before. So any sophomore, any junior, any senior that is there, they're also using this as their stage. As I've seen that, Mike Brown is now going to be the assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors. Huh. Mike Brown, former coach of LA Lakers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, look like he's going to be the assistant coach for... <laughs> For Golden which I find funny because he, because one at one point in time he he coached the greatest in Kobe, and well not the greatest but you know Kobe you know at one point in time and when I say the greatest I mean greater than LeBron obviously, and you know and LeBron James which I don't think he really ever coached LeBron James I think he was a coach on that team and benefited from being the coach on the team with LeBron and then eventually LeBron was tuned him out like he does a lot of coaches and eventually got him fired. LeBron keeps trying to deny he's not a coach killer. Like, how do you go through that many coaches he's not a coach killer? I guess that would make LeBron... Not, oh, shoot. That would make... <laughs> like, see, no, no. I was about to say, that would make Camilla Anthony a coach killer in his time in New York, but that's not... He's, he's not really a coach killer. New York is just dysfunctional and run through coaches as, as like water through, through, through a spaghetti strainer. Right, so back to Ben Simmons, right, and and these draft picks. So when they say that he could have, that if he would have went to any other big name school, then his assist numbers would have been better because he he fell short of double digit assists. You know, his assist numbers would have been better, and and his points would have been better, and all all this other stuff would have been better if he would have had not only just a better team but a, but a more cooperative team. And then, right, so I'm like, okay. I can understand you guys now understanding why he may go with the number one pick. But then it makes me start to wonder, 
how does he fit in Philly? Because if he had problems, you know, in LSU because he didn't have any NBA talent on his team, what do the Sixers have outside of Okafor? Well, we'll see. Maybe, and he could be the best thing for them. Can, can, can you imagine that team? With a 6'10", with, with him at 6'10", Okafor at 6'10", and then the guy down the middle, the, the little scrawny guy um, at, at 7 foot plus? Noel or something like that? That's gonna be a that's gonna be a kind of interesting team, running running from the running from the small running from the small four power forward and center position. Pretty nasty front court, right? And then we're gonna go through the rest of these picks pretty fast. I don't know how fast, but pretty fast. It ain't gonna be ugly fast. So we're gonna do this pretty fast with the number two pick of the NBA draft. The LA Lakers pick small forward Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, six foot ten, small forward that I have. I think I have on him, and let me see if this is the guy that I have. Nope, that's that's not that's not the steal of the of the pick that I steal of the draft that I have that I think. Brandon Ingram is is the only other guy that they thought about possibly as as the number as the number one pick this year, but six foot ten, good shooter, NBA range, great length, has a nine one reach. So if this guy can play defense at any point, like, cause you understand, this is what the NBA is going to. Six foot ten guys that can shoot, that can, that has ball handles, and like, like seriously, they, these guys are gonna have to start playing defense too, like, because that's gonna be the ultimate thing. Like, just just simple defense. Put your hands up and rim and, and jump jump straight up in the air and swat balls out of there. Like, you have to be able to do something. All right. So that helps. That should help fit LA, as LA has a point guard now. You know, LA has. A couple of big men, and now they get somebody that, that can possibly score at six foot ten. That that's 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 Durant-ish, by the way. Ben Simmons, six foot nine point guard. That's my magic-ish. If you want to say he may be a little bit too light in the pants, then you bring it down to Sean Livingston and and you add four inches. Just saying. The number three pick of the NBA draft. <laughs> Boston Celtics pick small forward Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, six foot seven, small forward, so good size. Now, I don't know if this really helps Boston because I thought Boston initially had a problem scoring anyway. And from what I heard about this guy, he has he had problems scoring in the tournament. And if he had problems scoring in the tournament, for me that that just says that you have problems scoring against against upper echelon talent. It's like when I is is. No, the example I'm going to use is going to obviously backfire because obviously I don't think he's also had enough playing time or put in a role to, to potentially grow as he sits behind Camilla Anthony. As Camilla Anthony is also become, trying to become the first basketball player ever to win three gold medals. And Coach K is, is going to be the first, trying to be the first coach to coach three Olympic gold medal teams as well. Listen, Camilla Anthony, if he can't become a champion, he, he's going to have to hold on to these gold medal things because... <laughs> because listen, it's, it's becoming difficult. Hopefully, like Rose can hope can can change how the ass how the talk of that is being made now. So Jalen Brown and the Celtics. So the example that I have is Clay Anthony early. Remember him? I watched out of Wichita State, which made me like how the Knicks picked him because he was the only person from Wichita that I saw 
that was able to score in the tournament when the other teams were locking down on defense or bucking down on defense. And he was able to score against upper echelon's talent. And when they decided to do the, put forward, they put together their best defensive effort. Now, Clanthony Early, like I said, hasn't had the opportunity to, to, to put in a position to show if he can do it on this stage. Then, obviously, being shot recently in the club and, and this rehabilitation and comeback at the end of this season. So, we, we, still, we still have to see. But Jalen Brown, problem scoring in the tournament. Now, with the number four pick of the NBA draft, we got to discuss that a little bit later. Because you know what? Why would this actually... We didn't get through these draft picks. Nah. We, don't, we, can't, we can't break protocol. Can't break protocol at all, can we? Because when things need to be talked about, things need to be talked about. When things need to be handled, they need to be handled. And if you're trying to, be, and if you're trying to figure out what to do on a Friday, then apparently you have not been listening to this podcast. Because you shouldn't be stuck trying to figure out on what to do on a Friday ever again. Listen. Stop worrying. Stop thinking. You don't need to be sitting home worrying. We got people from out of town. Don't, don't, don't sit there trying to think, hey, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Head to Capone's nightclub in downtown Fort Lauderdale. We're going to find DJ Scepter mixing in the lounge room. He's going to start dancing, but you also need to start drinking. <laughs> With DJ Scepter, that's every Friday, 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Ladies, you bring that sexy of yours. Fellas, you bring that swag bag. It's going down at Capone's. Listen, that's not it. That's not it at all. Just like how DJ Scepter was at American Social this past Saturday with DJ Zog. Listen, you can find DJ Scepter a little bit everywhere on a Wednesday. This, this is the same DJ Scepter that I told you I'm doing my birthday with. On a Wednesday, DJ Scepter can be found at O'Malley's nightclub. Or O'Malley's Bar, whatever you want to call O'Malley's. You can find him at O'Malley's, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. DJ Scepter literally plays everywhere you want to be. If you want him in the club, he'll play in the club. If you want him at the pool party, you want him at, he'll play at the pool party. If you want him at the birthdays, weddings, bar mitzvahs, kids, bachelors, bachelorette parties, DJ Scepter is everywhere you want to be and he puts a royal touch on everything. For bookings and reservations, Go to bookings at djscepter.com. Y'all ordered a frappuccino. Where's my fucking frappuccino? Ooh, as swimming takes a nasty swing. And he is out of here. Leaving a runner on first. We have the bottom of the third. The Angels are up. And we have one out so far. And we have the pitch in high. So, wait. Oh, no. He swung at that. So, we have our first strike. We have Cole Calhoun coming up earlier. And let me see. He had a one and one earlier. And let me see. He got a single off of that. He got a little red fuzz coming on the band. I guess he, I guess he must be this team's red rocket. Like I said, we're not gonna get too far, Sergeant, because we don't want to get past these NBA these NBA draft picks as we as we are in the final segment of the show already. So the Boston Celtics are gonna maybe run into a little bit of a problem as they stick with 
somebody that really can't score for them and they have enough non-scorers on the team that I'm not sure if another one would should be something that they pursue. But, like I said, that's probably the only one with good size that they, that they probably have. Especially if, you, if, they get a, if they're thinking about losing Evan Turner. With the number four pick in the NBA draft, the Phoenix Suns. They pick foreign guy, Dragon Bender. And the only thing I can tell you about him is that he's foreign. And that he was playing on a foreign team that he was buried on. And he was unused. And he was on one of those and one of those teams in uh, one of those European teams that young players don't start over veterans at all. It's like it's like having a team Pat it's like having a team coached by Pat Riley in the eighties. Young young talent does not get started at all. And so if they show potential, you buy them out and you send them over, and that's what Phoenix is gonna do. Seven foot one guy, you know, has some potential and it's funny that, as I think about this because I didn't hear the oohs and the ahs and the regrets on this pick. So what that made me realize that in one year, Christoph Porzingis has officially changed the outlook on the European draft uh, of the tall European guy drafted high until the next tall European guy drafted high fails. <laughs> and then the next team that does it is going to get the ooh, the ah, the thing. <laughs> the number five pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves, choose point guard Chris Dunn. Now, Chris Dunn is a very is, is an interesting pick because he's a guy that his stock rose through the tournament, and he's a good good defense, good athlete, still can't non score, and. It seems like Minnesota also is a team that has a lot of these. A lot of good athletes. A lot of people that play defense. And a lot of guys that really can't score. So we're going to see how another 6 foot 4, 6 foot 5, you know, 6 foot 3, 6 foot 6 interchangeable combo guard does for Minnesota as they stockpile talent. And, and point guard at that too. I understand Minnesota. Minnesota has taken way too many point guards ever since like the Ricky Rubio era. Or the first signing of Ricky Rubio. Like, do you remember when they first signed Ricky Rubio? Didn't they take like three like three point guards in that draft? Ricky Rubio was staying overseas and one was staying here and one was also, and and one was 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 gonna retire as soon as he signed because he wanted to go live on a ranch with like four of his baby mamas. Like I don't know, like I just I completely made that story up, but but it was something ridiculous like that. Number six pick. The New Orleans Hornets pick shooting guard Buddy Heald. And this is an interesting pick because six foot five shooting guard. And New Orleans could use somebody that scores. And this is a guy that he grew into a good shooter. You know, by the time of his senior year. So this is one of those guys that did four years in. And if you heard me last year... Last year, I made a similar talk about a guy named Christmas from, I believe it was from Arizona. Cardinals? Louisville Cardinals. Ha. Ah. <laughs> from the Louisville Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. That's football. From the Louisville Cardinals because he grew himself into what was a serviceable 
person for his position in college. And it was comparable to the numbers of every single prospect that you were looking to for at his position. So it made me wonder why this guy wasn't taken higher than other people. Well, here goes an example of when this finally paid off. Buddy Hill grew Buddy Hield grew himself into a good shooter, and now he finds himself as a lottery pick. You wanted Hornets. This is something that not only could the Hornets use, and but it's something that their point guard could use, and obviously their star in Unibrow could use, as he's is his still eating up $30 million and is going to slowly wonder, now that LeBron James has won a championship in Cleveland, listen, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. LeBron James is still being held to the highest standard whatsoever. Even though he won those two rings in Miami, and, I, and I'm going to go through this really quick because I don't want to get too sidetracked. Even though he won those two um, those two rings in Miami, there was still a very weird feeling that he still hadn't won any rings. So even though he won this ring in Cleveland, it's still very in a very weird way to still feel like he won his first ring ever because those two rings... Uh, listen, even though you can't discount, you're not going to discredit that. Miami fans are not going to take it off their books. And I'm not trying to tell you to take those off your books, Miami fans. Nobody's even talking about you really in this sense. What's going on here is that because it felt like it was this thing that he had to, that he basically had to go claw and beg for and, and go and go leech off of. It doesn't seem like something that he basically earned himself. Now, this one now is something completely different. So, what's going to happen now that LeBron now has his ring in Cleveland? They're not going to be searching for it. And when I say they, I'm talking about the media. It's not going to be searching for LeBron to do anything else. Like, LeBron James can possibly now go and, and, and fail in the next two finals and nobody will say a word. Now, if he fails in finals number three, four, five, and six after this because he keeps making it, then that's going to be something completely different. But he'll still be able to hold on to the fact that he's always been a champion up to this point. Now, what I'm getting at with this is that this works out for New Orleans because Unibrow, Anthony Davis is sitting there making $30 million a year. With LeBron James winning his most recent championship, the media is going to start looking at who to pick on next. And what's going to start happening? They're going to start chasing the money first. So outside of the guys that are going to be getting these new contracts, the Kevin, Kevin Durant, let's just see how long his, 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 how long his flippy floppity attitude of being nice and not nice and nice and not nice is going to hold up. As he, know, as, as he now goes to free agency and doesn't have a ring. Let's see how long before Blake Griffin starts being held to that fire. Camilla Anthony starts being held to that fire. Anthony Davis starts being held to that fire. There are a slew of guys out there that are going to start, that are going to start being, being held accountable for why haven't you won. And as I say Blake Griffin, I also mean, yes, you too, Chris Paul. With the number seven pick in the NBA draft. The Denver Nuggets pick Jamal Murray. Point guard. Six foot five. Good scorer. Below the rim kind of guy, average athlete. And this is the guy that I believe is the steal of the draft. This is the guy that I think that Denver is going to be fanatic, ecstatic to have. And, and, and let me tell you what I, when I, let me tell you what I mean when I say average athlete and below, and below the rim. Because when those two things pop out to me, I think of guys automatically like, and you can hear me say this again and again, Paul Pierce and Camilla Anthony. Guys that can put up numbers and can put up buckets, but have never had to be, ooh, was he hit by a pitch? No, 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 not hit by, not considered hit by a pitch. 
not considered to be above the rim kind of guy like the Rudy Gays and the, and the LeBron James and even Dwayne Wade for a good portion of his career, you know, was a above the rim kind of guy and then slowly became a below the rim kind of guy. Kobe, you know, later on, but didn't start off that way. When Anthony and, and and Paul Pierce are always below the rim kind of guys, and this is what I think that that Jamal Murray is, and and if that's the case. Then I'm gonna do to tell you to watch out because not only is that something that's sustainable, something that, that you can work on, and as long as he has a good motor, you're talking about somebody that goes to Denver is gonna somebody's gonna Denver, he's gonna thrive. But I also heard that he's ambidextrous with his shot, with his jump shot, he's ambidextrous. That raised my eyebrow, and based off all the other things I've heard about him. I think he's the steal of the draft. There's a few of the guys that, that few of the guys that you need to keep an eye on, um, like that little five foot seven guy, Nate Robinson, like guy that was taken in the second round. But other than that, you know, not too much. We we gonna keep an eye on on other little things. Now, as the NBA draft now comes to an end, might little things start to happen. Right, and we get closer and closer to what's going to be the NBA free agency, and they're fawning over the best talents that are becoming available in the NBA. Talents, and depending on what your team needs are, we're talking about talents like point guards, like and Knicks, Knicks fans. So some some things in here, I'm, I'm just going to give to you as as, as something that's for you. Galloway and Tony Ryan, like, who I think may be your, your best backup point guard option because the Knicks need a... Need a, need a huh, the Knicks. Hold on. One time for that. That's what happens when you stumble over your words. So, the Knicks need to get a solid backup point guard and, and understand what... Chicago did when they got their backup point guard. They got backup point guards that can almost basically start. But you're gonna have, but you're gonna see guys like Raymond Sessions and Ish Smith, Augustine, Bayless. You know, even even a guy like Darren Williams, if he's willing to come off the bench for a team, I'll be willing to take him. Brandon Jennings, you know, Gravis Vos, Vasquez, and and even even Brooks, the guy that looks like a little bit like like Chris Rock. You know, we got shooting guards like Deion Waiters and Bradley Beal and, you know, Gerald Green and Wesley Johnsons. You know, Batoon and, you know, Andre, you know, centers like Andre Drummond and, and Paul Gasol. Obviously, the big dog, you know, you know, himself and Kevin Durant. And it makes me wonder if Kevin Durant is going to get the scrutiny that LeBron James got. And I don't think anybody's going to get that kind of scrutiny because you know what? LeBron James made it easy, made it okay to be a coward, and and let's and I'm sorry he he did, but also, but let's but let's put it this way, the reason it's gonna be mainly okay for Kevin Durant to leave his team is the same reason why it was still okay it, that that Dwight Howard caught less slack slack for it, and Camilla Anthony caught less slack for it, and Kevin Durant's gonna catch even less slack for it. One not only because of the way that it was handled, the decision, and then Dwight Howard just Resigning for some odd reason and not putting his fate in his old hand, and then also Camilla Anthony, you know, forcing the trade, you know, or or not if you say Camilla Anthony forcing the trade, 
but the trade being forced for Camilla Anthony when it was a place that he was planning on coming to at the end of the season. Kevin Durant is going to be able to walk away. And none of those guys came into the league calling themselves the king, the best in the world, or was covered as a or or, or was covered by ESPN as a junior in high school and and be deemed the best player in the world ever since they were 16 years old. No, they didn't come in the league doing that. So and those guys aren't running or did not run to teams where they were teaming up with the only of a person that was or the only one of the only other people that was consistently in MVP talk other than you. And the only other guy from your NBA from your class, not only was he in MVP MVP talk with you, along with Kamala Anthony at one point in time, and even I don't know if Chris Bosh ever snuck in there. You know, when he was making, you know, bringing, bringing his Toronto teams up as an 8 and 7 seed. Or carrying his team, Toronto as an 8 and 7 seed. But, <clears throat> more so, the fact that you teamed up with an, another champion, and another MVP, and your biggest competitor. Nobody else did that. Kevin Durant may do that, but the other stuff doesn't follow. Kevin Durant didn't call himself the best player in the world and didn't come in there with the, with this big old screen. Kevin, Kevin Durant... <laughs> Kevin Durant was passed over for, for Greg Oden for Christ's sake Greg Oden that had a broken knee a broken ankle and a broken wrist before he came into the NBA but before, because of the fact that he was 7 foot 1 and looked like a manimal they took him and now Kevin Durant has basically grown into 7 foot 1 and still in the league and he was too small too lanky too wiry that's reason, like when I when I officially like like broke down what the Shizkoff Pazingas could be in, and I heard an only few like negatives I heard about. I was like, yeah, I've heard this before, and they were usually about guys that were like Kevin Durant and the Kevin Garnetts of the world, you know. So I take it, and and really quick as as we, as, as we get ready to bring the show close, show to an end. So Kevin Durant is obviously gonna try to figure out where he's gonna go to. As a bunch of teams are going to figure out where where do you want to or which holes do they need to fill in, and until that happens, we are going to get U.S. men's national basketball, where now we get a comp we get comprised of the best team of the best players in the NBA as they as they choose to represent their country, but unfortunately, let me see here, the Yankees. Six to five. Looks like they're gonna call this game as it's starting to downpour. Rain in the top of the ninth. Hmm, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. As this game is the bottom of the fourth, the Astros are up. Well, I'm sorry, not the Astros, but the the LA Angel, the Los Angeles Angels, are up one to nothing over the Houston Astros. But so what I was saying is that until we get until we get basketball back or until this free agency pans out what's gonna happen is that we have this u.s national basketball team and generally what happens here is that we get the best players in the world as i see the Mets scores is 11 to 4 as the mets lose in an embarrassing fashion what happens now is that we're supposed to have the best players in the world go and represent their countries now, as, as we know, we have a ton of NBA players that are from other countries. Like Paul Gasol usually goes and represents Spain. Or the Gasol brothers usually goes and represents Spain. We see, like, Tristan Thompson is going to go try and play for Canada. And I'm pretty sure, to you know, Andrew Wiggins and a bunch of other players. And maybe, and, and a couple of players are probably also going to try to, 
are going to try to get get on the Canadian team, especially the guys that aren't able to make the the U.S. men's team. But even to even said that, we don't still have the best players that should be there because we don't have a Stephen Curry running the point. I mean, we get Kyrie Irving, but we don't have Stephen Curry. We don't have a Russell Westbrook in there as well. There are a couple of people that are not going to play because of, to be honest with you, that Zika virus. They're contaminated waters, the pollution, and the condition. And athletes and, they, and these athletes' families, especially the ones in these sports like golf where they already play enough international teams where they don't where they, they feel like they don't need to participate in tennis the same exact way. In basketball where you can be an international star and not really have to worry about this or or played in previous ones enough that you don't have to play in one that puts you in physical harm in physical harm way. So the new as the men's the men's national basketball team is gonna comprise of point guards Kyrie Irving and And, and and Kyle Lowry. So Kyrie Irving from Cleveland. Kyle Lowry from Toronto. Shooting guards, Jimmy Butler from Chicago. Um, DeRon DeRozan from Toronto. And Clay Thompson from Golden State. At forward, and it's just forward, not small forward, not power forward. Even though, This is basically just small forwards. And what has now been new power forward conversion from small forward into the league. But we have Camilla Anthony from New York, Matt Barnes, not Matt Barnes, but Barnes from Golden State. We have Paul George from Indiana, Draymond Green from Golden State, and Kevin Durant from Free Agency. He has no team technically. He, well, from Oklahoma City, if you want to say that. And surprisingly, we do have two centers, Cousins and Jordan. And... Before we end the show, I'm just gonna say that I absolutely like this pick, this team. I don't think this is this is as bad as the team that that LeBron was on when they when they when they lost a couple years back, you know. But and I don't think this is as good as obviously the dream team or the team that eventually had to, or what was called the redeem team. As I remind you, you're not a redeem team unless you were a failed team. LeBron's legacy is I tell you, LeBron's legacy has so many weird things in it. <laughs> that you just really can't surpass. You really can't overlook it. Like you know, he listen to win a championship the way he did is still one. It's still gonna be one of the th- the greatest ways a, a person can win a championship. Down three one in your home. You know what I mean for your hometown team in a fashion in that nobody has ever done for a state that hasn't had a team has a championship in fifty plus years. It doesn't get any better than that, any bigger than that, any more joyful than that. But that's now. That doesn't still. That doesn't erase your past and your history and 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 and, and your resume. Like you still, you still have a line. I'm sorry, you still have a rap sheet. You still have a, you still have a record. And your record still says that you were, you were the leader of the only team to lose in the in in national basketball history since the creation of the since we have started sending our professionals to this tournament that's on your watch bro that's on your watch so here we go now and like I said I, I said I actually do like this team cuz this team has a very good combination of offense and defense and 
you see it you see it no more than you see it in the center position where you have a guy like Cousins and DeAndre Jordan where Cousins can is a offensive like beast you know able to put up 30 on anybody and DeAndre Jordan is a defensive nightmare able to grab 30 rebounds and like 15 blocks so and put up 10 points just off offensive boards alone. You know, probably 20 points off offensive boards alone. That's if they miss. You know, we're talking about the U.S. national team. And I don't know how you sprain the top of your foot by driving aggressively, but yeah, that was some aggressive driving I was doing. And then you see, and then, like I said, you see the two-wayness of it, even with your forwards. As you see, Green is in there for some def- for defense mainly. Barnes in there as a great defender. As a great defender. George in there as a great defender. And Durant, we, show, we saw the last this last season... And his players that Durant can play defense or utilize his length to be defensively disruptive. And then Kyrie Irving and Kyle Lowry. While Kyle and Kyle and the same thing there. Kyle Lowry is known for putting up twenty, but he does that more on necessity. He's really a more defensive guy. You know what I mean? If he's gonna guard anybody, and Kyrie Irving, we haven't seen him really guard much. I mean. Yeah, not really got much. So, and sorry, not to mention Clay Thompson. My bad, my bad, my bad. Clay Thompson, who is still, and as I just completely skipped over all the shooting guards. <laughs> Clay Thompson from Golden State, DeMar DeRozan from Toronto, and Jimmy Butler from Chicago. Right? And the defense is seen all through the shooting guard position. Jimmy Butler, one of the best two-way players in the game that we know of. DeMar DeRozan, one of the best two-way players in, in the game that we know, and Jimmy Butler, a little bit of everything, but more of a two, more of a two, more of a defender has a little bit of mid-range game, you know, a little bit of post-game to do a little bit of everything. DeMar DeRozan, you know, one of those mid-range games kind of people. I call him, you know, kind of Ray Allen-ish, but but good on defense. And and Clay Thompson, you know, the only other person that has Steph Curry range, but also we you know defends the ball really well. So I see this team being able to match up well with just about any other team um, with. The, the offense that we have there, especially if you're talking about a Kyrie Irving, um, a Klay Thompson, Camilla Anthony, Kevin Durant, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, at any point in time. You're talking about a team that can not only put up numbers, but also that also can just utilize... Oh, they, they're, they know their offensive game fits perfectly well for the European style of game. And Camilla Anthony always does well in this kind of environment. That's the reason why I'm also excited to see him play... With Derek Rose and Chris Opperzingas, because Camilla Anthony, right? He's been those guys, one of those guys that he he doesn't shine when he's playing against when he's playing with talent. Oh no, he is a freaking quasar. He's a comet. Like he is his own solar system. Like because he's he's almost he almost like what? Look at his numbers in the thing. Because I think part of the reason why he's why he's going for this is because. I think he has opportunity also, like, like I think if he doesn't have it already, has, like, like, put up one of the all-time scoring leaders or, you know, cumulative, you know, for this tournament. Just like, listen, LeBron James may have the playoffs. Kimberly Anthony has been ruling has been ruling the Olympics. And in these Olympics, he is, he, he, his shooting percentage is ridiculous. Freaking ridiculous. Yeah, he is almost automatic. I'm talking about, like, Stephen Curry automatic. That's just why I'm a little upset to not see Stephen Curry in this because knowing how automatic... That Anthony is, I would love to see how Stephen Curry was going to be here. Like, to see, just to see for one time, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Camilla Anthony, and Kevin Durant. 
those guys who I believe are the best scorers in their position. All around. Even DeMarcus Cousins may be the best all-around scorer in his position. I just wanted to see that one time. So, guys, thank you for even listening to this extended version of the Mighty Sports Podcast. Do appreciate it. As I did mention earlier, I am going to take a quick two to three week hiatus. Prepare for the birthday batch coming up on the weekend of July 17th at this, at British Dan. Collaborated with DJ Scepter. Guest appearance by DJ Zog. We're going to put some things into the, into the woodworks. Ladies, do not forget, I will be gathering your information for fantasy football. As I always say, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, you have no clue how much I always do appreciate you taking your time out to listen. Give me feedback. Give me criticism when you see me. But ultimately, just listen and, and show me this love. As, as we've been doing this now over a year and just a little over a year. And, and as, as we see things grow, I said, this is this is our summer break, our summer vacation. It's just really perfect timing for me because I realized the time that I need to take a break is just is when is when baseball is the predominant sport out there. Soccer is a second is the second predominant sport, but we only care about what happens overseas and and don't really put enough focus in the MLS. And it falls right around my birthday, and and it's a nice little exhale. So I I guess I do appreciate it. Thank you. Stay tuned. Stay blessed. And don't ever. What? For any reason whatsoever. You yourself allow anybody to bring into your life. Do not stress. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where are we going for breakfast? Don't want to go far. Rough night. My teeth!